Our second scripture reading this morning is a continuation of what Martha read. It's coming from John 15, verses 15 through 17. And you can find this in page 84 of your Bibles in your pews. Please listen for the words of God. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that may you will love one another. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, open our hearts and open our minds to what we hear here today. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. A few weeks ago, I found myself scanning across the local radio dial in my car as I was headed to San Jose to visit a friend. And I found myself coming across a new station, which was playing music from the 1990s. While I was in middle school in the 1990s, it was also the time I started getting into music on my own. And one of the bands I found myself enjoying at that time was called the Dave Matthews Band. If you haven't heard of the Dave Matthews Band, They are a band predominantly from the 1990s, which are known for being an alternative rock band who use a lot of non-traditional music instruments, ranging from violins to fiddles and flutes, all in their music. Now, while the majority of the themes in the Dave Matthews Band songs vary, a lot of their songs deal with issues like the appreciations of life to more human justice issues, ranging from violence to racism. But one of my favorite songs from them is a song called Every Day. The music video for the song is also probably one of the best music videos out there as well. While the video only has the band members singing the song in the background, the video starts off showing this stocky, geekish, yet warm-hearted guy on the streets of New York City, and he is going up to strangers and just offering to hug them. At the beginning of the video, video, this young man is finding it difficult for people to hug him. I mean, after all, making eye contact with strangers is hard to do in New York City, let alone hugging strangers. But after a while, this clean-cut man goes up to him, takes up his offer, and hugs him. A few minutes later, an older woman in her 80s goes up to him, and hugs him. Then a group of young African-American men playing basketball follow up to him and hug him. And then New York City firefighters go up to him and hug him. And even a skeptical yet willing late-night talk show host, Conan O'Brien, hugs him when the young man walks onto his uh, set during one of the shows. Well, the video is simply simple and does not contain any scripted words, 
fancy action scenes or flashy graphics. It shows us just everyday people, everyday strangers, loving one another. In this passage that Martha and I have read for you, we find ourselves at a point in John where we see Jesus talking with his disciples, not only about God's love for them, but also their need to love others. In a sense, Jesus is painting a pattern for them, a pattern that is saying that as God has loved him, he, in turn, loves them. A pattern that is saying that since he loves them, they should love others. As Jesus says, as God has loved me, so I loved you. This is my command, love one another. I'm sure all of us here, at one point or another, have seen t-shirts or bumper stickers which have read, Jesus loves you, or even sung this simple song in Sunday school or vacation Bible school in your youth with the same title. In fact, when noted theologian Karl Barth was once asked about his most profound discovery about God, he surprised a group of listeners by answering them with the song, Jesus loves me, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. If you have read Karl Barth, this is probably one of the most simplest things he has ever said. (laughs) But while everyone has heard and known the phrase, Jesus loves you, the truth is, do we really believe it? I mean, granted, we have been reminded of it by slogans, silly songs, and even those charismatic late-night televangelists. But is it really true? Are we really loved by God? Am I really loved by God? Despite this question sounding so simple, the reality is this. It's a question that many people are struggling to answer. Every day, people ask themselves, If God really loves me, then why do I feel so much guilt in my life? If God really loves me, then why, do I f- why am I filled with so much regret? If God really loves me, then why do people say I'm going to hell for who I am? And while we know we live in this fallen world where sometimes there's anything but love every day, we also find ourselves struggling to understand Why is it that we see people who talk about God's love and the need for us to love others, but they sure don't appear to be doing the same thing themselves? Much more, if God's love is supposed to be unconditional, then why is it sometimes presented by many as being conditional, like a contract, only being offered to a selected group of people who uphold their end of a bargain and do selected things. Recently, Rob Bell, a Christian author and pastor, wrote a book called Love Wins. The premise of this book outlines Bell's view that many have distorted the idea of God's love and forgiveness by making it seem conditional, something that can only be obtained by those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In his book, Bell writes, First, 
I believe that Jesus' story is first and foremost about the love of God for every single one of us. It is a stunning, beautiful, expansive love. And it is for everybody, everywhere. That's the story, he writes. For God so loved the world. That's why Jesus came. That's his message. That's where life is found. While Bell's book has gained a wide popularity and much press, it also has gained tremendous criticism. And Bell himself has received a great deal of hateful responses for his theology of unconditional love. Not by those outside of Christianity, but from those within our Christian community. Bell's argument about God loving and accepting all has brought him so much response from people who not only reject Bell as being a heretic and preaching a perverted gospel, but has labeled him by many as being a man who is leading to people to hell for his own views on God's unconditional love. Even though this is such a bold statement by many who say preaching unconditional love is an unforgivable sin, we must take a moment and ask ourselves, does even unconditional love exist in the first place? And if so, where did unconditional love come from? You know, one of the ways which John Calvin, the theologian, often described our relationship with God was that of a loving parent who loves their child. While there are many other ways to view God, I often like Calvin's imagery of God because it provides us an imagery of how God loves us in our own lives. And even though Calvin discussed the loving parent as being a father or a mother, I think it would be safe to use any person as a loving parent with anyone who believed in us, anyone who unconditionally loved us, and as anyone who, no matter what we did in life, was always there for us. Maybe for you it was your father, maybe for you it was your mother, maybe it was an aunt, an uncle, or your grandparents, or an older sibling. Regardless whomever the the person was in your life who always embraced you with love, it is this love we felt from that person, the love we shared with that person, and the love that despite no matter what may have come between the both of you, that continued to exist because it was a love that couldn't be restricted, a love that couldn't be relegated, a love that couldn't be revoked. It was a love that was always real, a type of love that was always unconditional. Recently, I heard a story on the public radio program, This American Life, about a man named Roger, who is from the inner city neighborhoods of Baltimore. This man, in his late 30s, grew up without a father and was raised by his mother. And while Roger had a great deal of love for his mother, he spoke about how much he hurt her when he was younger, by getting into trouble. He said on the program, at first, in my teens, I was into stealing. But later, I found myself getting into drugs and then into the Baltimore city gangs. And when my mother tried to convince me to get help, I didn't listen to her because I was just mad. And even though she had patience for a while, she eventually turned me into police 
after she learned I was involved in a particular shooting. And during most of the time I was locked up, I had nothing but anger towards her. Anger that she betrayed me and that she didn't love me anymore. But you know something, he said, even when I told her I hated her and I hoped that she would die, she still loved me. And after all I have been through in my life, after all the hate I have felt, she was the only one who continued to love me unconditionally. That, that is what love is. While theologians, scholars, and those in the church will continue to argue about the conditions one must have to receive God's love for many years to come, as they have been doing for many years, the reality is this. Even in our world, a world filled with so much brokenness, a world filled with so much despair and anger, and even hate in our own religion, unconditional love still exists. All of us here at some point in our lives have seen this unconditional love. Maybe for you it was seen a way someone forgave you when you did something wrong. Maybe it was a way someone reached out to you when you were in terrible need. Maybe it was someone who nurtured you and comforted you in your walk of life. Whoever this person may be, no matter what the circumstances were, in this moment in your life, you saw unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional hope. This, my friends, is what God's love is like. A loving parent, a caring person who loves us no matter who we are, no matter what we may have done or what we may have said. But like Roger's mother, our God never stops loving us. And if we can see it in the lives of our own, then we must know that this unconditional love must have come from somewhere. Because unconditional love, a love that surrounds us no matter how fallen or broken we may be, can only can come from someone who has no limit, who has no restrictions, no requirements or merits on how much they can love us. Because love is everlasting. Love is always open. It's always forgiving. And it's so strong that even God gave uh, his son to die for us so that we could have such an unconditional love, uh, such a divine love. And while sometimes it may require bumper sticker slogans, silly songs, remember this. Do whatever you can to remember that God loves you. Even remember the words of Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood who once said, When I tell children at the end of my program they are special, I meet it. Because they made it a special day by just being themselves. There is no person in the whole world like you. And God loves you just the way you are. May it be so for you and also for me. Amen.